Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Trying to create room for himself. Oh, the chance is on. And Spurs think that that was over the line. Martin Atkinson agrees. Jan Bertongen was up there beside the goal. Davinson Sanchez wheels away. Out the watch tells the referee exactly what has happened. And it's a calamitous moment for Newcastle. Gedlin just pushing it out to Richie. Oh, splendid moment And then it's the perfect response. Ozelu there to finish it off. 1-1 already. Passes together, Tottenham, Ericsson. Trying to beat Dominic Aurier. Oh, that was a super ball. And Teriani! Tottenham's lead restored. Another magnificent cross in this game. And Teriani approved. You said it. Magnificent crosses. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the last word on Spurs for the brand new season. As you are aware, you can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. Just a reminder, guys, as hopefully you're aware by now, the Last Word on Spurs also features on Love Sport Radio on a Tuesday evening between the hours of 7pm to 9pm in the UK. You can, of course, call us during those hours to contribute to the show on 0208 7020558. That's 0208 7020558. And you can listen to us on 558am and DAB Radio. But let's get straight into the show right now. We're looking back on the opening day with a win against Newcastle. And helping me do that, I've got Jason McGovern with me. Jace, how are you? Very well, mate. Nice to, to get three points and settle a few nerves and stop the revolution for a week, that's for sure. Most certainly, Jace, most certainly. And joining Jace and myself tonight to help us dissect this one, first up, we've got the returning Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, how are you? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Ricky. Uh, thank you very much for having me back on. Uh, and obviously, uh, 
should be a good show talking about Spurs win and uh, an Arsenal defeat. Oh, and a West Ham defeat. Let's can we throw that one in there, Jamie? Is that all right? We can, yeah. yeah. Thank we'll you very much. Well. Thank you. <laughs> and joining Jamie and Jason tonight. Delighted to have him back on the show. We've got the brilliant Jack over at Hotspur Lane. Jack, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Ricky. All the better for the three points and seeing Woolwich get beat. You can't beat it, can you? No, you can't beat it at all. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get straight into the Newcastle game. Jace, let me come round to you. I mean, it's quite amazing what a difference a week makes in terms of Tottenham Hotspur. Last week, it was all drama. This week, celebrating three points, Jace. Well, it was drama for some of you, mate. Not, not for all of us. But uh, no, it was safe to say it was three points on the opening day, and, and without a doubt, our best performance of the season so far. So, <laughs> you know, excellent start and, and what we wanted. But probably, I thought we deserved to win it from the number of chances we created, and yet we could have easily lost it from the number of chances they created. So we needed Hugo to be at his best a few times and rode our luck. But as I say, we had we had quite a few chances ourselves and. Probably early in the second half, I thought we'd go and get the a, a third goal before they'd uh, before they'd get a, an equaliser type of thing, and then we held on. But overall, it was just important to get three points that that opening weekend. It doesn't really matter how you get them; just just get off to a winning start, and and that's what we've done. So so fantastic for us, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean we've seen a tendency in the past, haven't we, under Maurizio Pochettino, that Spurs have that ability now, even when they're not at their best, to be able to kind of grind out these results and again it was most certainly the case against Newcastle we've done that let me bring you in there Jamie so it certainly wasn't as we say an easy and far from real standout performance but however three points at this stage of the season so early is all that matters and given the circumstances with a late return of so many key players it's a great start isn't it I was going to say exactly that I think we entered uh, the game under tough circumstances obviously uh a tricky transfer window um, and obviously with the international players coming back from the World Cup. Uh, so, it was, it, of course, you know, it's a bit of a cliche saying it was all about getting the three points, but it was just that. I think um, we came up against the Newcastle side who I was quite impressed with, actually. I thought they did all right. I think they just weren't quite so clinical. Um, I was impressed with the majority of the uh, players that returned from uh, the World Cup, the likes of Vertonghen and Ali, who I thought were two of the standout players. Um, and I thought defensively we were pretty good, actually. So uh, I was I, overall I was pretty pleased with the performance. Yeah. And coming around to you, Jack, I mean, scrappy as it was, as Jamie and we've all said here, just so important to get off to a winning start, isn't it, in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. Coming off the back of transfer window, we just needed to get the football going, just see what, you know, see what we've got. And I just think it was a very tough game against Newcastle because they they battled really they battled really well from start to finish and you could tell after the first five minutes that we were I just thought we were getting outrun and I thought oh here we go if we can win this game from here then that's a big three points and it's exactly what we did we got the three points yeah nice. I'm surprised to see him go as full strength as he did with like the returning World Cup players which were nice I think if they didn't play I don't think we'd have got all three points. So that's always a good choice on part of Pochettino. But yeah, happy with the performance as long as we get three points. Yeah, most certainly. Jason, let me bring it round to you. Let's look at the team select game. So, striker and World Cup golden boot winner Harry Kane started for Spurs, as did his England teammates Deli Alli and Eric Dyer. What did you make of the team lineup? Because there was also an opening day start for Lucas Moura, deservedly who shone during pre-season, and Alderweire and Dembele both in the squad for this one. Well, I thought I kind of thought 
similar team would be the case where where when it, when he had a chance to rest players because alternatives were available, he took them. The only surprise for me, I mean, you'd said last week you expected Delhi to play and I thought he might just that very first weekend pick Son, Son over Delhi and unfortunately enough, Delhi played. But other than that, you know, I expected probably, I mean, the, the, the centre-half debate, I did expect Sanchez to start purely, even if it was only because Sanchez was back earlier. With Vertonga's position, it wasn't so easy to leave him out. But the two full-backs obviously didn't go to the World Cup. Sissoko didn't go to a World Cup. Lucas Moura didn't go to a World Cup. So, you know, I thought it was pretty much a side that I expected. As I say, the only change um, would have probably been I thought we might see Son more than Delhi. Mm. I mean, five of the World Cup nine we had did actually start the game. Surprisingly, Jamie, I think some were a little bit shocked that Sonny didn't start. What was your thoughts on Sonny being just on the bench? Yeah, interesting. Um, I saw a couple of suggestions that obviously he's off to the Asian Games now. So, um, obviously, it's you know you don't want him to get injured at this stage just before he's about to go off and uh, represent his country and obviously try and earn the chance to try and get exemption from the military service, which is obviously going to be very important because we don't want to miss in two years. No, of course. Uh, um, yeah, good point. So I, I think it was, I think it was, uh, a sen- I think it's sensible to have uh, rested him really. But um, no, I was surprised Delhi played because um, obviously he did a lot of the World Cup. You know, he saw he picked up a few knocks during the tournament. So I was, I was surprised to see Delhi start. But actually, I was very impressed with them. Um, how he played, I thought he was probably uh, bar bar Vertong, and I think he was probably our best player, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I was uh, I was I was pleased with the selection. I think, as I said, if we hadn't have picked that selection, I think we would have struggled to have got all three points. Uh, so, I think in the end, it was. And it proved to be the right selection. Yeah, that's the most important thing. It did prove to be the right selection. Let me bring it around to you, Jack, and ask you, Lucas Moura, would you please see him start? It was just his third Premier League start for Spurs. You would argue, though, the way he shone during pre-season, he had to be starting in this one, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think it was the right decision to start him over Son as well, because Son's not going to be here, is he? So why, why play Son if you would think he'd be in your best team to then have him go to the Asia Games... You just, for me, you play Lucas Moura. He's going to be the one that's going to be here for the next few weeks. And, you know, that's what we'll be working with. And mm. Yeah. No, I, think I just think spot. that was the smartest decision. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Chase, let me ask you, the central midfield pairing, does that still look a bit of a potential problematic area for us at this very moment in time? Diane to Soko in there. You would say that lacks a bit of creativity, doesn't it, that central midfield? Well, it, it certainly does. Although, I mean, in fairness, the main creativity should come further forward. But yeah, it, of course, yeah. it lacks it lacks it lacks somebody to be able to comfortably take the ball off the off the back four and bring it as as we see in Dembele and bring it in the same way that Luka Modric is in that can. And that's why, you know, I, I said didn't I all through the summer? That's the area I thought we needed a strength of far more than a than a Wilfred mm. Zaha type position. Um, you know, it was nice to see Dembele come on for the last 20 minutes because he all he just brought that presence on, didn't he? Where where he looked comfortable. But, you know, the, the merits of Moussa Sissoko, I don't want to go into too much, but we know we need better mm. than that in there. And, and that's why when people, when, you know, when they did explain it as there's who would get in our first team and there's no one better than we've got, that's clearly an area of weakness. And I suppose, I, d- I don't know how long Harry Winks will be before he's... Uh, He's ready to start games, whether that will be after the, the next international break. But it's it's definitely an area and probably against the the better teams that 
you know, when you're playing those other, I mean, that Man United game in is what in two weeks' time. I don't fancy us going there with with Dyer and Sissoko as our main pairing. And if I'm being honest, I actually don't fancy us going there with Dyer and Musa Dembele there. But but that will probably be the the best of the pairings we can put in there. Mm. It's going to be an interesting to see what Pochettino does when it comes up to that one. But let's go into the game itself. Jan Vertonghen, quite ironically, coming over to you, Jamie. You couldn't make it up that after having countless goals wrongly disallowed in previous seasons with the club, the defender scores and sees his header only given via goal line technology by the referee. What did you make of that? I was uh, I was very pleased with Vertonghen's performance, actually. I, uh, for me, as I said uh, earlier, I think he was man of the match. I thought he was um, obviously returning from... Uh, World Cup duty. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I think really brought a real, real reassuring head to the back line. I thought um, he worked really well with uh, Sanchez. And obviously, there's a lot of talk about um, whether Alderweireld, you know, if, whether Alderweireld's going to come back in. But um, as I said, I thought Betong, uh, Sanchez was um, excellent alongside Vertonghen. And I think um, certainly, I think there's obviously a lot of people say that uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld complement each other and make each other better players. But I think. I think in the time that Alderweireld's been out, I think Jan Vertonghen's proven himself to be an outstanding player by himself. And um, I think he was really key yesterday in ensuring that we got over the line. So, uh, yeah, I was really pleased with his performance. Yeah, it's quite ironic. Again, I mean, he had not scored his previous 13,520 yeah. minutes of Premier League football, spanning across the last five seasons until his goal inside that first 10 minutes. I mean, Jack, let me bring it across to you. I mean, he joked Vertonghen that he's already entered the race for the Golden Boot. After he's had a crept over the line by just nine millimetres to give us the lead. What did you make of that goal? It was an ironic one, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it all happened in a flash, didn't it? Wasn't sure if it had gone in. We got line technology, you know, straight away, don't you? I think I think that the Tongan has been the guy in our back line for a while now. I think over a few-year period, he has, he has been at an exceptional standard. We talk about Toby as... As the man, but that's a good question. Is if, he the I man? reckon if yeah. we're playing Sanchez and Sanchez and Toby at the back, I don't reckon I don't reckon Toby can marshal Sanchez like mm. Jan does. I don't reckon he could talk him through a game. He's talking to him all the time. He's they just. I think Jan Jan is the key in our back four. Without yeah. a doubt, for me. Yeah, I mean, Chase. Let me ask you about Jan because for me, I mean, this guy he's kind of picked off where he left last season. He was absolutely incredible last season. He's now kind of continued that form into this one. And like, I mean, Jack says there, you know, he's certainly the most linchpin centre-half of our defence, isn't he? You've got to say that. Yeah, he, we, we said all along, didn't we? He deserved his the recognition as player of the year last year. He had an excellent season and he, he just slotted in seamlessly again. And, and fantastic to see him get on the score sheet because it had been so long and with a couple of goals he'd scored that were... You know, the one that was wrongly disallowed a few years ago, it was 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 kind of a bit of karma that he scored that type of goal. And it was a was one that crossed the line by what? By, is it nine centimetres or eight inches? Nine millimetres, sure. Depends how, how, yeah, how about you measure these things. Yeah, I think it was it was across the line by about eight inches. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, fantastic to see him score. It's just his, just his all-round calmness and such that he brings to that side and, you know, whether it is going to be with Toby, whether it is going to be with Sanchez, whether it's in a three, he's he's a massive performer for us, that's for sure. Is he getting better of age, Chase, do you think? He seems to be, doesn't he? And, and maybe 
maybe there's a little bit he feels a little bit more responsibility as well perhaps mm. perhaps particularly when it is just him and Sanchez he he takes on the role definitely then of, of senior partner which obviously when he's alongside Toby they're they're very much you know they're almost like brothers in there aren't they you know they, they can both let let the other one get on with the defending but perhaps he, he thrives on just that little bit of uh, of bit more responsibility that playing with Sanchez has to give him yeah I mean, I say incredible performance from Song and it's just I've said on the back of last season, the way he's coming to this one, again, just an amazing professional, and he's just found his home under Pochettino. This guy, you know, we've seen him under under other, seen him under different managers, but under Poch, he's just been an absolute revolution. But then we have to fast forward, chaps, just minutes later, and I have to say, isn't this just typical Tottenham? Why, you know, in a space of a couple of minutes, this is why we haven't missed them being away, Jace. What happened for that equaliser? Just completely switched off. Well, it's a it's a catalogue of errors, isn't it? Like like all goals, and in fact, it's it's a bit similar, really. Let's be fair about it. To, to Delhi Ali's goal, you know, you you allow the ball to go around in midfield. Delhi probably doesn't track back and close down quickly enough. The ball goes wide. Ben Davis doesn't stop the cross coming in, which your fullbacks have got to do. And then neither Sanchez is is, a, is alert enough to know that he's being peeled off the back, and Anoria is not close enough to him to close the gap. So, you know, it's like most goals; it's a catalogue of errors, and and as I say, quite similar to to, to Deli Ali's at the other end of our, our Newcastle. We'll look at that one, but um, I think you know, I think for first day of the season, there is I don't know. That's why I say I think the result was was more important. You're not going to get that fluid fluid performance on day one. Well, you, invariably, you're not going to get it on day one. Maybe if you're going to play West Ham, you'll get it on day one. But, <laughs> but Or if you're playing Arsenal, you'd get it on day one. But I mean, you know what I mean. It's, yeah, um, you know, players players that... We, we see it when one player's been out for three or four weeks, they're rusty. So when there's five coming back, you'll get a different level of performance and you will get one or two sloppy errors coming in. The main thing is that you get through a game and despite making a few sloppy ones, you pick up three points and that was the more most important part of it. Yeah, you're saying, I mean, fairness to Sanchez, he apparently only misplaced just one of the 47 passes he attempted in that first half. So it's very odd. I mean, apart from that mistake, I can't think of too many he had during the game. I think Sanchez, again, he seems to be getting better and better in a Spurs shirt. I mean, let me come back round to you, Jamie. I mean, as we said, it was almost immediately that equaliser came. Was you a surprise at all? Because this seems to be a rhythm, doesn't it? We can't seem to, with Spurs, when we go ahead, seem to lock up a game fairly quickly. No, it's true. It was obviously very disappointing the uh, the way that they responded so quickly to the goal. But um, I think I think we in the end of the day, it's true. You know, we um, I think we, we 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 responded pretty well in the end. And I think um, yeah, I was uh, obviously it was very disappointing to concede so early. But as we said, there's going to be rustiness in the team. Um, and you know it's, it's bound to be expected, so I wasn't too surprised. But um, I was very, I was very pleased with the response afterwards. To be honest, mm. I say Hoslu's header from an in-swinging Richie cross, and at the time I say so frustrating. Jack, let me bring it round to you. Pochettino waved his arms in frustration at the terrible marking, but he would have been fuming to concede that kind of goal at the timing of it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just, I think you were a classic case of. Dr. Tottenham will see you now because <laughs> it, Hoss, I think after Hosselu, I've never seen him have a good game in no, my life. No, that's typical. I, it's always the way. Yeah, I think that stat came up after he scored. It was his first goal since 20, 
15 or oh, something dear. ridiculous like that. I don't know. But, yeah, just a catalogue of errors from start to finish, not switched on. It's what happens in Premier League football. You've got to be on it at all times. You do. You get do, punished. You do. Yeah, most certainly. Let's talk about Deli Ali's goal, um, which Aurea had his involvement in. I mean, moments before Aurea putting that beautiful cross for Deli Ali's goal, he made a clumsy tackle on Shelby. And then I say minutes later, he did put in that delightful cross for Deli Ali to head home to put Spurs back in front. I mean, Jace, on Deli Ali, I've got to say for me, I still don't think he gets anywhere near the amount of credit he deserves for always gambling, making those far post runs into the opposition box like he did for his goal against Newcastle. I mean, you cannot underestimate this guy's importance to this team, can you? No, exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's labelled that, that Harry's the tappy merchant, but if you actually look, Delhi scores far more kind of six, seven-yard penalty box goals than than Kane does, and he and it isn't luck when it, you do it because it is it's the timing of the run. It, it's it's you know making sure you're in those positions time and time again, and 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 it is a real skill to do it. And you know it results in a tapping, but they should never be downplayed goals like that. And. And as you say, we've seen, I mean, it was so similar to when he scored in the World Cup, wasn't it? We saw that goal against Chelsea twice, didn't we, with, with two headers like that. And you know, I can remember him scoring with his head against Southampton away. It's, it's, it's never a surprise when he's in that position. And, and uh, you know, the, the only surprise was that, that Aurier's ball was, was absolutely perfect for him. It was more like, a, no, I mean that. All right, we haven't come on to like him a, yet, Chase. Give him, give him, some, no, give him some no, credit. I mean it in a nice way. It was, it was more of a, you'd expect that cross from Trippier rather than Aurea. That, that's how I meant it, mate. Not, okay. not so much in a mocking way of him, but, um, you know, it was a tri- uh, Kieran Trippier-style delivery that, that was inch perfect. And, and as I say, you just always expect him on the end of it. Mm. And he's probably on the end of those more than, than Kane is. Yeah, he is. Not to get listeners too excited, I've got some cracking questions to put to Jace, Jamie and Jack on Sir Juria coming up. Honestly, you guys might have to hold yourselves. There's some absolute cracking ones, guys. Um, but just on Delielli going back to him, I mean, I'm looking here, Premier League goals and assists by the age of 22. Jack Wilshire, 8. Stephen Gerrard, 13. Paul Scholes, 18. Frank Lampard, 33. And Deli Ali, 64. That's incredible, isn't it, Jamie? Look, um, if there's one player uh, that I've seen play for Tottenham who's so in out of form, it's Deli Ali. But what I've always said is that I he's someone that you can never drop because if there's one player in our team that will create a moment that will change the game, it's Deli. I think even when he's playing poorly, he'll produce a moment where it will it will have a big impact on the game. He'll either produce a goal or assist. I know so many people get so frustrated with Deli, but. Um, when he's in form, he's unplayable. And when he's out of form, there's still a chance that he's going to produce something. And I think this season, I've I've made sort of made the prediction that I think that this will be his real breakout year. And I think, obviously, as we said, you know, he's already had a couple of fantastic seasons at Spurs. And obviously, those stats speak for themselves in, in how influential he is. Mm. I mean, again, with Delhi, seven of his 38 Premier League goals have been by headers. He completed more attacking third passes, made more ball recoveries, made more blocks than any other Spurs player in the first half alone. I mean, Jack, what have you made of Delhi Ali's rise? I know you absolutely adore this bloke. Yeah, he's, he's just so many years ahead of his age on the football pitch. I, just, I think his IQ is incredible for what he is because... Look, I know there is more components that make up a good footballer other than 
stats and goals and assists. But when you look at that stat that you've just read out there, I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I think he's a unique footballer that if in the right team and in the right system, he'll get you goals. He might he might not be the most technical player in the world. He might not be the smart, you know, the quickest with quickest with his feet. But if you balance him in a team where he's not got to do so much defensive work because he will just score goals and he will get you assists and he'll pop up in them right areas because he knows how to do it and he does it time and time again. And yeah. it's not a coincidence. It's not luck. No, not at all. I mean, Jace, another incredible stat out there. I'm not sure if you know about this one. We've never lost a Premier League game in which Deli Ali has scored. That's winning 27 during 6 of 33. We have to start every game. We have to, don't we? On that, st- on that stat. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, hopefully he scores in all 38 games in that case, and, and we might well catch Manchester City, although Sod's Law, the only time, you know, we still wouldn't... We'll lose it on goal points, difference, wouldn't we? Yeah, we'll lose it on goal difference or something, but no, it's, we've said it for years, haven't we? It is now for years, actually. It's, this is, what, his fourth season going into? Yeah, that's right. His fourth season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is, and... Um, we, we give him enough praise every year and he just gets better and better and he's, he's such a key player for us. We know how many times, I mean, he's, the astonishing state is when you look at how many times he scores in the really big games. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than, yeah, and he scores big goals as well, you know, he tends not to get the, if we win 4-0, he doesn't often get the fourth goal, does he? It's, it's the first. It tends to be really big, decisive first goals or equalisers and things like that and that's what you want from him. Mm. My rush indeed. Absolutely adore Deli Ali. Right, guys, it's time to get your popcorn. It's time to sit back. It's time to talk about Surge. Now, Jace, I'm going to start with you. And I know <laughs> I'm laughing already. I shouldn't be laughing because it is a serious debate about Surge. We've only been back, we've only been back one game and he's already causing mayhem. I mean, Jace, it was an excellent cross for Ali's goal by Surge. But then he's responsible for giving away two clear-cut chances, first to Diarmi and then to Kennedy. I mean, we've seen the best and the worst of him in this one game. And that epitomises his Spurs career, doesn't it? I mean, he's so Jekyll and Hyde. Well, you saw it, as you say, with the with the the lunging, needless foul that he made. And then, you know, it was only about two minutes later when he produces the cross. I mean, I said, I've said all along, haven't I? I don't think it's a question of him needing the, the Pochettino training because I think it's, it's just in him. I think there's a... I don't know it's an arrogance, a, a, a confidence, or something, and perhaps it's just a, I don't know, a lack of footballing intelligence or a lack of being able to read it. He kind of chases balls that where you think, Serge, now now leave it. The ball's gone out of your zone, but he'll he'll still go and chase, and he gets caught out so often, you know. And, and it does worry me as the season ahead because um, I think in that battle of Trippier and Oria. I still look at Trippier despite the World Cup and think in an, in my really ideal world, he'd still be my backup right back. And yet, when you when you look at Oria, you think, I could not imagine going into a big game without Kieran Trippier. Mm. And and that's yeah. that's the problem between them. I just, I have no confidence in Oria. And, and as I say, I, I don't think, I think you could give him 10 pre-season trainings under Pochettino <laughs> and you could give him 10 Mourinho pre-seasons oh, and dear. you will still see the same mistakes over and over again and and it is a fear going going forward for the season hopefully I, I would love to see him just go 90 minutes one game where you think do you know what Serge didn't do anything stupid today and and then when he <laughs> we gets haven't got one there game, yet we haven't perhaps, got there have we yet exactly, we haven't got there yet get one game get one game and if he can string two or three together just <laughs> just to get something going but but he just has this 
capacity to do, cr- I mean, crazy things, and you, and you just throw your hands up in the air, don't you? You do, you do. I mean, Jamie, let me ask you a question in from Simply SXRGA. I'm assuming he's a massive Surge fan. He does say, do you think Surge can push on from the brilliant assist and iron out the faults in his game to become our first choice right back? What's your, f- what's your verdict, Jamie? Look, I mean, you look at the past fullbacks we've had, I think um, Pochettino has... Um, he's worked with uh, players with a lower foundation. I think Serge Aurier is a very ta- he's got a lot of raw talent. Uh, why, that's why he's been playing for clubs like Paris Saint Germain. Um, so I think, look, there's there's certainly there's certainly a lot of ability in him. It's just uh, his knowing what to do with the ball, knowing what to do in certain positions. So, obviously, I think, look, if anyone's going to be able to develop him, it's Pochettino. I mean, we've seen what he's done with the likes of Trippier, Ben Davis. I mean, you told me two seasons ago that Ben Davis and Trippier, I'd be very happy that there are starting fullbacks. I would have been yeah, incredibly surprised. So, I think, as I said, he started, Pochettino's developed players with a much lower base in terms of talent. So, I think we can certainly um, give him some time. But it is it's concerning because he hasn't, you wouldn't say has completely isn't really developed in a year in the space of a year, so it's it's disappointing. But as I said, I mean, there's there, there's potential, there's a lot of potential in there in terms of his um, talent, but it's just his decision making that's going to be the real key for him and whether Pochettino can develop that. Yeah, spot on, absolutely spot on. Jack, questioning from Pelly Alley again along the lines of Serge. He says, "What did you think of him? Thought he was very similar to last year. Great at times, but overall quite disappointing. Do you think that's fair, Jack?" Yeah, I think that is the fairest assessment because it comes it comes down to what we were saying about him at the end of last season. We said, you know, give him a preseason, see what he's got coming into it, and then he's gone and just gave the the most surgeoria performance you could imagine. And I think that's just put the nail in his coffin now. I think he's really is that, that is, is that it for you then, Jack? You think there's gonna be, it's gonna be very hard for him to get back? Already? I just don't think he's that good. Mm. No, I really don't. I don't. <laughs> I think that's just him. I just think he's just. Like Jason said, he's just that's him, and he'll just do this. These things will not iron out of his game because they would be gone by now. Like at one point, I seen I seen him and Sissoko coming together. Good lord! Towards each other, and <laughs> so, yeah, that's all you need. Of, oh no! Yeah, and they both just look really nervous, and I think at one they like ran into each other, and Oreo <laughs> left the ball behind, and Sissoko had to pick it up off of him and tried carrying it forward, and together they just. They're, they're good friends as well, aren't they? They've got a bit of camaraderie. That on. worries me a little bit. Outside, those yeah. two are best friends and they're, on the, and they're playing for Tottenham. Yeah, I think it's just... He's going to be like that throughout his career. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's... I don't think Poch can rescue him, to be honest. Mm. We'll I mean, see. Paul Skinner, I did say at the end of last season that he could and maybe I'm, maybe yeah. I'm being a bit too harsh by only giving him one game, but that one game, it was so frustrating. It was like... It was the Sergio show watching it. <laughs> at the point where he the shot that he had from outside box left foot that he just absolutely shanked I've never seen him use his left foot ever so why did he think that he could try that and it were anything other than what happened he was going to get a different outcome I just don't I think he's just dumb dumb I don't think he's going to learn no brain the thing I would say as well is uh, obviously we've got Carl, uh, Carl Walker-Peters coming through who's yeah. obviously looked very promising on a number of occasions and obviously you don't want someone like Serge Aurier yeah. something is development so I think that obviously it's difficult when 
you know, you, you don't know how good he's going to become, but obviously, you know, but you've also got a very good young fullback that he's potentially stopping from developing with game time. Mm. Mm. Question in from Paul Skin, which I absolutely love, is does Aurea give you a cardiac arrest? I mean, Jace, you're probably best place to answer this one. Is the heart still surviving it? I have it every time he's on the team sheet, mate. I, I sit and <laughs> see him come out the tunnel and I think, I hope his hamstring goes in the tunnel sometimes. It's, it's, it's scary watching him sometimes. But... Um, you know, as I say, hopefully the big games it's Trippier and uh, and hopefully Aurea can be in the in the Carling Cup games. That's for sure. <laughs> Jason, another question coming. I've got to ask you this one. This is from David Scott at Cock and Ball. He says, "Shag, marry or kill Aurea's Soko Lorenzo." What, what's your order, Jace? <laughs> say that again. Um, Shag, marry or kill Aurea Soko Lorenzo. Who are you going with? Sissoko every time, mate. Okay, what about the other two? So, who, who are you marrying? Who are you going to marry? Are you going to marry Lorente? He's pretty handsome. Uh, Lor- got to be Lorente. Lorente yeah, marry no, Lorente. No, I'll go with Sissoko and let the wife go with Lorente. That's probably the best way to She'll enjoy that. Oh, my God. Thank you for that question, David Scott. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, just on my point about Sergio Real, and listen, I did at the point at the time when he did put that cross in, say, I'm adamant Pochettino is going to make this guy a better fullback. But I've got to be honest with you, guys, all right, I got hammered for saying it. After watching the end of the game, I, get, I, I know it's hard to judge it on one performance. Those errors are still there. But, I mean, we have to remind ourselves, Poch, as Jamie said, you know, he's developed so many fullbacks. You look at the list of them, Kleins, the Shaws, the Davis, the Rose, the Trippiers. Part of me still thinks there's a project here that he doesn't want to give up on him just yet. I know we're first game into a new season. Do we not surely, Jase, have to give it just another season before we chuck the towel in on him? Of course, of course you do. I just, you know, in, in my in my mind, if you're really, really ruthless, and, and it's what partly I was talking about last week yeah. with, with Pochettino's ruthlessness, if you're really ruthless and you want to win leagues and you want to win Champions Leagues, Sometimes you think, I might be drawing the line under a player too quickly, but can I take the risk and leave it and leave it and leave it? And and in my way, I'd, I'd have drawn the line under under Rory even in the summer and just thought, no, it's, it's not quite there. And, and I, I, if you haven't got the confidence in him, I don't want to, to give him the chance and run the risk. So for me, I'd have already drawn the line under him completely, but I can... You know, I understand lots of lots of fans out there will say, just give him time, give him time, and and he'll come good. Hopefully, they're the ones that are right, mate. That's for sure. Jamie, want to come back round to you? We saw Moussa Dembélé replace Lucas Moura and join Dyer and Tsoko in the centre of that midfield towards the end of the game. And was it just me? But we automatically looked so much more stable and in control of the game as soon as Moussa came on. I think Moussa Dembélé would, is a very good option off the bench. I'm not, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see whether. He's sort of a starting player, but I think he's a very um, useful player to come off the bench the way he can carry the ball. And obviously, you know, now his fitness and obviously his injury record, it'd be, you know, whether he can start, but certainly given him the last 20 minutes or so, he's always going to be a useful player to have. I think in the games where you're trying to see out the winner, I think having someone that can carry the ball up the pitch is always very important. Um for me, as I said, I, I, I've always thought it was very disappointing that we didn't go out and sign a central midfielder. I think if, as Jason said before, I think if there was one position that we needed the most, it was a central midfielder. Um, obviously, you know, we started with Dyer and Sissoko, but um, I think Dembele will be an important player to have off the bench. Um, I would have liked to have seen someone better come in to replace him. But I think, as I said, I think he'll be uh, a good player this season for Spurs to come off the bench. OK. 
Interesting, because Jace, you were saying exactly the same thing to me, wasn't you? As we were watching this one live. No, absolutely. That's 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 the thing. I think we all we all knew what we needed, and but you know the, the fact is we didn't get them, and you just have to get on with it. It's no good looking back at, at what you should have done now. You learn from your mistakes, and and if if we need to correct, if we have the opportunity to correct it in January, I really hope we we do it. But my worry is that in January you won't get quite the player that you really wanted the first time round. We'll have to wait and see on that one, will you? I mean, Jack, let me ask you, what did you make of Dembele's performance when he came on? Because, as we've said, he automatically seemed to really give us more control in the game, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's exactly as you said. That's just what happened when he came on. We just looked like a much better team. And he's just a calming influence as well. And he, he can he can carry the ball. And, I mean, Sissoko can't carry the ball. Dyer can't carry the ball. So you need... Them two together is not a good option. And I think when Dembele came on, I think we it just showed a little bit more. And One thing I would like to say on, on Dembele, I don't know if you guys are interested, I'd like to hear your opinions, but it's um, it comes down to what Poch said in his presser before the game, saying how um, we've got these players here that wanted moves and now it's time for them to buckle down. Yeah, that's right. And And play for Tottenham. Well, the three players that you probably think are Toby, Rose and Dembele. Yep. They were the three that looked mm. like they were going to move all summer, but didn't. Now, Toby were on the bench. Rose wasn't in the squad, despite being fit. Dembele on the bench. Now, is he, is that Poch not, not giving the players the chance to knuckle down and play for Tottenham? Or do you think we will see Dembele and Toby come back into the side. I, I just think if if we're going to exile Dembele from the side like Toby has been because he wanted a move, I think we're, we are in a very bad position and that showed with our central midfield, midfield pairing of Dyer and Soko hmm. against Newcastle. Well, I think his words were, Jamie also tweeted his out on behalf of the obviously Alistair Gold's presser and he said, I told them yesterday, for me, it's like we start from zero all players who want to stay in Tottenham to show their commitment, if they choose to stay at Tottenham, the rules are so clear. I mean, Jace, we were watching the game, and I know you don't want to have a massive Toby debate, and I promise you we're not going to, but you, would you not quite surprised when he was bringing on the likes of the players he was, that Toby was just sitting there, and you would think if he was still part of his plans, he would have maybe got a look in towards the end just to shore up the team if he was so sure he could count on him? Well, I think there's t- there's two parts to it. In fairness... He took Eric Dyer off, or rather Eric Dyer went off, and the choice was, do you bring Toby on and play with the three centre-halves and perhaps then you, you drop even deeper? Or did he bring Amos in and just think, look, I want to try and keep the shape of the side because, you know, Eric Dyer wasn't playing as one of the centre-halves. It might have been a, a different choice if, if we'd have been playing a back three with Eric Dyer in it, which way he'd have gone. But, you know, what we've said, what we've said all summer, I think we'll have a real idea how how the situation stands with Toby when we go to Man United in two weeks' time. Because you would sit there and you would think, in two weeks' time, Man United, just before that international break, surely you will go with what you want your strongest, strongest team to be, regardless of anything going on, on or off the pitch. And if Toby's left out of that Man United game, I think it gives you a good indication as to as to what Toby's use will be between now and January window or the end of the season. If Toby's back in that game, I think you could say right they've 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 put their differences behind them and and we we are on there kind of on a fresh start. But I think it would be it, I wouldn't draw too many conclusions from Newcastle for it. 
Jamie, came back around to you. Aaron Pitter asked the $64 million question. Will Toby and Dembele still be Spurs players on September the 1st? Are Spurs and their fans better serve letting Rose leave before September 1st? What do you think? Yep. Um, for me, I think the most likely to leave of the three would probably be Rose at this stage. He's obviously linked with a few clubs. I think uh, Schalke were, in, uh, were linked with him. Uh, PSG were linked. I can't. I can't see him going to those sort of to those sort of clubs. But I think um, for me, I think Toby will will stay. Uh, and I think the same with uh, Musa Dembele. I don't. I can't see either of them leaving. I think. If the club were to sell Toby, I think obviously there'd be a lot of outrage from the fact. So, you know, especially as we haven't signed a replacement. But um, I I personally think they will remain. I think Man United were really the strongest club and seem to be the only club interested in all the Vireld. So I can't see anyone else coming in for him. I mean, obviously, it's a real risk with Toby because he's going to, we're asking for a lot of money. He's asking for a lot of money. Um, So I can't see him leaving. and I think Dembele was kind of, I, I think he was kind of moving, uh, angling for a big money move away, sort of going to somewhere like China. Um, and obviously, none, no offers were forthcoming. So I think they'll both be Spurs players by the end of the transfer window in other countries. Um, perhaps Rose might be the one that leaves. But yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking of, obviously, Jamie. I mean, come around to you, Jack. Like Jamie said there, for me, I think Pochettino has already made his mind up on Rose. And again, this is just my personal opinion. I just don't think he believes he can get Rose back to the player that he was in that 15-16 season where no doubt he was one of the best fullbacks, not only in the Premier League, but probably in Europe. And the level of Danny's game now, I know me and Jason have had this discussion so many times. Obviously, it's not gonna, it's nowhere near what it was. We saw that in the World Cup. What do you think, Jack? I mean, can you see Danny being a Spurs player by the time the overseas window closes? I think he will be gone. Uh, the talk around, obviously, I think you know my situation with Danny. But the talk around the village is that he will be leaving. He won't. He wants to move, and he knows that he won't get back to where he is. He won't get back in that side. I think Pochettino's made it pretty clear to him. I don't think Danny believes in himself. I, I think it's best for everyone that Danny moves on. Yeah, I hope we get some Danny. sort of fee. Mm, yeah, I mean, Jace. Just to bring you in on Danny Rose, where do you stand on the whole situation? God, like Toby, I've, I've said so much, but forgetting everything, I just just kind of think he needs to move for himself. And um, let's have a look what happens. I, I don't want to go into the, the rights and wrongs of, of everything. I just don't think we'll ever see him 100% fit as he was in 2016. And I just think perhaps from, from everything else that's going on with him off the pitch, Perhaps he just needs a change of scenery and, and it will do him the world of good. And maybe if it is a loan, particularly if it's a loan deal and you get him back in 12 months with with a, perhaps a, a fresh mindset, maybe you, you've got more chance of seeing the, the Danny Rose that everyone loved before. And I loved that Danny Rose before. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. But I think it, you just need a fresh start before we, we will honestly ever see that again. Mm. Difficult because I know a lot of people absolutely love Danny Rose and I understand the reasons behind that. He came through the Spurs side, he scored that cracking goal against Arsenal, he did have that amazing season, the 15 16 season, but he does have a habit, Jess, doesn't he, of, of talking a lot, Danny. And listen, don't get me wrong, I understand the reasons that he's talked have been for the right reason, but again, I think it'll just be a case of waiting and seeing on him. I mean, let's talk about Newcastle towards the end of that game, Jess, because they had quite a few chances, and to be fair, you know, it wasn't a walk in the park, was it? I mean, they hit the post late on. 
they also had that situation where towards the end of the game they hit the crossbar as well. I mean, we're lucky to get over the line towards the end, Jace. Yeah, like I said, they they we created enough chances to win a game, but they created enough chances to win a game, and they'll certainly play a lot worse on that going forward and win games. That's for sure. But uh, and we just you know little bits of luck went for us, didn't we? Twice they hit the woodwork, hit it in the first half, hit it in the or was both in the second half. Yeah, both times in the second half. I mean, the, the chance that Kennedy had when he had the, the freedom of the entire side, you, you, you kind of think if that's Leroy Sane or it's Marne or somewhere or it's Alabama Yang, they don't overrun that ball and they, they'd be ruthless and put it away. So, you know, perhaps we were a little bit fortunate Newcastle didn't have that, that really clinical striker in their ranks. But um, And you, we did ride our luck, but sometimes you have to do that in a game and thank, thank, you know, thank Christ it, it went our way. Mm. Jace, a couple of questions I want to ask you. Bobby B says, is this the year Kane scores in August? That's the first one. And the second one, I think, is from Shriat, who also asked the question, are you concerned about Kane's lack of fitness and sharpness? What do you make of those? No, <coughs> I'm not really concerned at this stage. I think, you know, it's... I mean, part of... For me, part of what happened in the World Cup, everyone saying he looked knackered and things, was was the kind of formation England play. He ended up going so deep that it wasn't surprising he was looking like knackered. So, you know, and, and he took a hell of a lot of punishment in a couple of those games that, that, in fairness, you don't see him have to take, put up with it like Colombia gave him. You don't see any side play like that in a Premier League game. So, you know, I, I wouldn't associate the World Cup. It was was back after a three-week break. Let's let's see how he is in, in once that's season gets up and running and we know he's never great in August that's the thing so will we see him score in August um, I think if he's likely to it might have to be in the Fulham game because Man United will be tough so yeah I'll say he will score next weekend OK there you go and Jason stuck his neck out let's ask Jack Jack is Kane going to score in August yeah 100% next week Fulham there you go a brace definitely there you go heard it here first Jamie are you confident he's going to get this August situation out of the way I, yeah, I'm going to say he's going to score against Fulham as well. But uh, I think one thing I'd like to say is also a lot of people say how selfish Harry Kane is. And of course, I think for me, I think he's such a team player, I think, because he sacrifices himself a lot for the team. I think the way that he'll drop back and try and be more creative. I think he does that because there's so much pressure on him uh, because he's the only striker there to score with the goals. So, um I don't. I don't think there's. I think it was kind of similar to Newcastle. Yeah, what he did in Newcastle yesterday. So um, I think he'll score. And yeah, I'd just like to say that I think um, people calling him selfish. Oh, it's you know, he sacrifices. He yeah. sacrifices himself for the team. So uh, no, I think he. I think he'll. I think he'll be fine. God, if Harry Kane's selfish, you want me to go home? <laughs> Harry Kane. I don't know where people get that from, but yeah, I completely get your point, Jamie. Spot on. And also, Hotspur Sam also asked the question: Will Harry score in August? Sam, we'll stick our necks out. We are all unanimous in saying yes. Chase, let me ask you: Hummin Son and Christian Eriksen. Son, firstly, he completed more take-ons than any other Spurs player, despite being on the field just for ten minutes. Are we going to miss him, Jason? This period is going to be away. Do you think, Sonny? Of course we'll miss him. And, and you know, I, I was pleased that Lucas Moura started. We didn't see the best or we didn't see what we hoped from Lucas Moura. And I think Sonny's just that bit more con consistent. But, you know, hopefully in these, these games, Lucas Moura really does stay, particularly Fulham next week, a home game 
against a newly promoted side. They struggled a bit yesterday, surprisingly Fulham. They didn't look quite the side that we all thought they'd be. And if he, I think he just needs that really big impact game and, and that will get him up and running. And the sooner he's like that, then there's not so much chance of missing Sonny. But I think, you know, Sonny's, Sonny's I think, on most people's team sheets now is in our strongest strongest 11 isn't he let's be fair about it so of course you're going to miss a player like that when he's away if if nobody really covers for him properly yep you are indeed and Christian Eriksen as well creating more chance than any other Spurs player combined in the game against Newcastle Jack what did you make of Eriksen's performance overall um I didn't think it was a stellar Eriksen performance I didn't think I thought he looked a bit tired. I thought everyone looked a bit tired, mm. to be honest. Yep. Especially Harry Kane, I thought. The amount of times looked in box and Harry Kane wasn't there when he should have been there. I couldn't find him in picture. I couldn't tell you how many times I counted that. But I just think that Ericsson wasn't quite fit. He was, he's always there, isn't he? Yeah, he's smart and he knows what to look for and he can find the pass that you can't see. But I don't think he was there with the right intensity as what he could be. And I think that were evidenced in the running stats as well. I think Newcastle outrun us, which is a shock for yeah. a Pochettino team. So I don't think we were all there. And I don't think all, any of them were all 100% fit. OK, I mean, let me come around back to you, Jamie. Was you surprised then? I mean, Eric, is that where stats deceived to somewhat? Created the most chances out of any Spurs Newcastle player in that game? Yeah, you didn't really notice him too much yesterday. Um, obviously, you know, he's, he's still such an, as, as the stats show, he's still such an influential player, even when he's not um, hitting top form. But um, it's going to be interesting to see the sort of the role that he's going to play this year. I think there was a lot of, uh, there's a bit of talk about whether we're going to swap formations slightly, whether we'll drop to a, a 4-3-3 and whether he'll play a slightly deeper role. So, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does over the course of the season. But yesterday, as it shows, you know, even when he's um, not, at, not at the peak of his game, he's still such an important player for Spurs. Yeah, most certainly that. Well, I tell you what, let's move on and discuss Fulham. We've got them coming up back at Wembley. Jace, looking forward to going back there? I mean, a weird way. I mean, it was never as bad for me as, as, as everybody painted it out to be. We know it's only for one game, or fingers crossed it's only for one game. We hope so. It's a shame we... It's a shame we're not going to to, to White Hart Lane for the game, but um, you know when when you haven't seen your side for what three months, it, of course it's it's a home game. I think you know I'll certainly be there. I presume you're going as well, and I am looking forward to it for sure. And I'm quite excited to see to see what all the fuss about Ryan Sessignon's <laughs> you know, and, and how much he he would have been worth it for well, us. I so, hope yeah, Jason, I we don't find out. I hope we don't find out what the no, fuss is. <laughs> Well, I don't mind if he score four by the time he does do something Well, yeah, special, okay, but, fair enough. But, but uh, no, I am looking forward to it, and I think it's it's a nice home game to have at first. Last year we had the, the classic Burnley game, didn't we? And, oh, and that didn't us. quite go the way we'd have liked it. So hopefully we've we've learned our lesson, but it it won't be the same as it was last year when it was was all new to us at Wembley. Mm. I mean, come around to you, Jamie. After all the excitement, expectation that followed, you know, Fulham's most spectacular transfer window in their history. They got a real reality check, didn't they, at the weekend with that defeat against Crystal Palace? Yeah, I was very surprised, actually. I was I was very uh, surprised by some of Fulham's business. I think they signed some real top players. I think you look at, certainly one of them was Gene Michael Siri, mm. the guy that uh, Spurs had been linked with previously. So they, they did some fantastic business. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as we've seen, um, with when you buy so many players, it's obviously difficult. You know, it takes time for them to settle. We've seen it with Everton last year. 
we saw it with Spurs when we did uh, we spent the Gareth Bale money That's and right, we brought yep. in so many players. So it's going to take a while for their team to settle. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, it's going to be we'll see what kind of Fulham side turns up. But yeah, so I'm very interested to see how we get on. Mm. I mean, coming back around to you, Jack. I mean, a lot of people again were frustrated by Spurs' lack of activity during the transfer window but what you do have to say is the only advantage it does give you is you know everyone in that Tottenham team they know each other so well whereas Fulham they added 14 new faces over the course of that summer transfer window with no less than five of them being signed on deadline day I mean it's fair to say they're not going to find their rhythm for a while are they is this a good time to be playing them yeah I think that's, that's exactly what you just said I think you summed it up well I think it's the perfect time to play them you can't they've just signed 14 new players right you said mm. It's a lot, on, pa- <laughs> on paper, yeah, they are going to be a good side, but the best time to play them is probably now when they're all gelling, getting to know each other. Mm. I think it's vital as well that we do win because this is this is our home fixture. Our next game against Fulham will be at Craven Cottage, and that will be when their players probably are more well tuned to each other and what the manager wants from them. So I think it is vital that we play them next week and we do beat them at Wembley. Yeah, I mean, Jace, coming back round to you, when we look at who they've brought in as such, the likes of, as Jamie mentioned there, you've got Jean-Michael Seri, Andre Fank, Zambiso and Guisa. They've got Fabrizio, Alexander Mitrovic, Alfie Molson. I mean, all these players coming in. I mean, Andre Schurler, Callum Chambers. Loads of players here, Jace, to try and, you know, bed in so early. This is a big, big risk for Fulham, isn't it? You know, it's great to see them. I suppose they'll say it's great ambition. But also to try and get these players to come in and hit the ground running, it's always going to be tough, isn't it? Well, of course it is. And you've also got the double thing for Fulham and, and also for Wolves. And that even players they've retained, you know, the Premier League is new to them. So, you know, you've, you've got to step up for an entire squad, not just the, not just the newcomers. But um, <clears throat> that's why it makes it so hard to predict games like that, doesn't it? You just don't know what to expect. I mean, you know, watching that Wolves-Everton game last night, I was I was stunned at some of the things that Wolves were doing, and there's, there's so many new players and things. It, it's hard to know what to expect from from Fulham. Whether they'll come and have a last year, they they tended to take the games to to the opposition. You know, I heard yesterday they they were quite sat back against Palace in the first half for for much of it. So difficult to understand what they'll do, and and that is part of players not having understanding and manager perhaps not quite understanding what his what his best team is at this stage. We have to take advantage of it. That's that's the key for us. Is you know we are a settled side, and and that's the one thing about the transfer window for us. There's no surprises. Nobody has to learn our, our style of play, and you would think that should actually for once in a while when there's changes in so many teams, give us that that bit more solid base to start well. And, and but we've got to grab that chance on on next weekend. Can't you, Jace? Because five of the World Cup nine did start at the weekend before, obviously against Newcastle. What are you expecting in terms of changes for Spurs coming into this one? Well, I think he'll, if he has one eye on thinking, right, I'd like Trippier, for instance, as my right back against Man United. I'd like Moussa Dembele as my central midfield player against Man United. They've now not played for four weeks. And if they don't play against Fulham, which is a fifth week, then they're going into Man United having not kicked a ball for six weeks. And I don't think that's that's an ideal scenario. So I would certainly expect to see... Kieran Trippier come in next week against Fulham and it wouldn't surprise me if Moussa Dembele starts against Fulham as well. 
Okay, Jamie, what's your thoughts then in terms of team selection for this one? Can you see many changes at all? Or do you expect a similar team to the one we saw play against Newcastle? I think it'll be a similar team. I think we are slightly limited anyway. So I think realistically that was going to always... I predicted that uh, lineup for, or, or a similar lineup for the Newcastle game. So I think in terms of the options that we have, we're kind of limited to that lineup. I think um, we've seen Pochettino rotate fullbacks quite a lot. So there's a good chance that Trippier will come in for uh, Aurea anyway. Um, obviously, Aurea's performance wasn't the greatest. Uh, <laughs> there's a good chance that. Um, Dembele might come in for Sissoko. That might be something that happens, but I'd expect I wouldn't expect many changes just because of I think the limited options that we have. Mm. I mean, Jack, let's get your thoughts on it. Team selection ahead of Fulham at the weekend. What are you thinking? Yeah, I expect it to be a pretty similar team. Maybe exactly the same as two lads have just said. Dembele and Trippier are in for Sissoko and Sergio, but uh, yeah. Can't really see much more. I think that would be the right team. And Lucas Moura, yeah, can't think of any more. So you're going to start Definitely Lucas Moura? Definitely not Sissoko. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not Sissoko. What do you think, Ninja? Let's get your prediction for this one. What are you going to go for? Um, I think they are really going to... I think they're really going to take the plane at Wembley. They've, they've just come off back a, a very good result there. They did, yeah, it's a good point. To get promoted, I think... I think it'll be a tough one to break down, but I think we'll do it. I think it'll be 1-2-0. One, 1-2-0. One OK, Jamie, what's your thoughts going into this one? Prediction? Yeah, interesting. Obviously, we said they did a very good transfer window, but they're, they're unsettled at the moment. I think we were I think we were good against Newcastle. Uh, we're at home, and I'm going to say that we'll probably, uh, we're going to win 3-1. 3-1, there you go. There'll be six points out of six so far. Jace, going to make it a full house? What are you going for? <laughs> I might go two two one Spurs. Two one Spurs, tight. But I definitely think one. we'll. I think we'll. I definitely think we'll pick up the three points. That's for sure. Well, I'm also going to go for. I'm going to go for a three one Spurs win as well. I do think Tottenham, back at Wembley, having played there last season and done pretty well there, I do think we'll have enough to beat Fulham. That all leads me to say, Jamie, thank you ever so much for coming back on tonight. I've absolutely loved having you on. No, pleasure, pleasure to be back on, and obviously, you know, it's great to see how much the show's grown over the years. So. Uh, yeah, congratulations with that. And, oh, you're very kind. Uh, no, pleasure to be back on. Lovely. I'm sure it won't be too long before we hear your tones back on the show. It's been a great pleasure having you once again. Jack, thank you so much for joining us again this evening. We've loved it. Oh, my pleasure, mate. Thanks a lot for having me. Don't be seen, no problem at all. And Jace, I will see you Tuesday night for, of course, the show on Love Sport. Indeed so. And let's, let's hope we get lots of the, the regular listeners phoning in and, and talking all the all the. Th- subjects that we'll be bringing up mate yeah well just that i say a reminder to you guys we've just been on love sport 7 p.m till 9 p.m on a tuesday evening we would love for you to get in touch and call us whilst we're on air that's what it's all about it gives you guys the opportunity to not only listen to us on air for another couple of hours if you can stand us that much but also to give us a call in so we can discuss with you everything tottenham hotspur related just a reminder of that number if you do want to give us a call at all, all things tottenham hotspur it's 0208 7020558. That's 0208 7020558. The show is going to be live on 558 AM and DAB Radio. Guys, please don't be shy to get in touch. We don't buy it. Only Jason does, I promise. But honestly, guys, thank you ever so much for tonight's show. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back on Tuesday night for Love Sport. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.